Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! To the win! We're back with another edition of the B-Ball Index podcast where we talk about hoops, stats, grades, and everything in between. Today we have a lot to get to because there's been actual basketball games. We're going to talk about the preseason. What? what the, right? The preseason, what the preseason can and cannot teach us who shined and who hasn't. But first, quick shout out to the people making today's episode happen over at Axios. Uh, Axios has recently uh, gotten their sports program off the ground thanks to the lovely work of a bunch of people including Michael Sykes one of the legendary sports journalists out of DC. Uh, they've got a newsletter going too which is fantastic. Highly recommend uh, checking them out. Today Jacob has been uh, kind enough to tell me how predictive preseason stats are and Jacob I'm just gonna let you take it away right away. Perfect well The first thing to start off with is that preseason both does and does not mean anything. (laughs) And what I mean by that is by itself. Very clear, Jacob. Thank you. That's why I'm here. That's the end of the segment. But uh, no, by itself, preseason is relatively meaningless. There are things you can glean just from considering preseason as if it existed in a vacuum. Uh, And by – and. By that, I mean, like, in regards to what's going to happen in the regular season. Um, but by itself, it's relatively meaningless. So what we have done is looked at uh, the correlation and the predictive power of various per 100 stats uh, from preseason to regular season in the last decade. So from the 2009-10 season until the 2018-19 season. Um, And what we found is the most strongly correlated stat between preseason and the regular season is three-point attempts per 100 possessions over that time period. It has an R-squared value of 0.723, which is very good. actually a really good R-squared value. And I think that's interesting because what is starting to hint at uh, is that the most predictive things from preseason to the regular season are things that are more stylistically based on a team. A team that shoots a lot of threes in the preseason is probably going to shoot a lot of threes in the regular season. You're not going to see a team trying to implement an offensive system that they're then just not going to run. Um, And that's why I think three-point attempt rate is the most correlated thing. And really, the only factor by itself from the preseason at the team level that translates and means something for the regular season. So outside of just looking at the correlation between various per 100 stats uh, or various basic rate stats um, and percentages, I also did a very rudimentary study. Please keep in mind, this is not me doing some rigorous in-depth sampling for a model. There's no out-of-sample modeling. There's no like cross-validation. It's very simple. I just wanted to see what would happen when I plugged in preseason results and the prior year's results for a team to predict the upcoming season. So it would be this season's preseason plus last season equals this upcoming regular season, trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future and how much preseason matters 
compared to our basic previous expectation of a team based off the prior year. So we looked at it for a wide variety of factors, but generally speaking, what we found is last year's final statistics. So for example, the what's looking at win percent wins are ultimately what we're trying to figure out most of all. If we look at last year's win percent, it over the last decade has had an R squared of 0.431 uh, with the upcoming season's win percent. So if you only knew the prior year's win percent for a team, you'd be able to get almost half of the variance explained in upcoming win percent, which is, you know, a decent indicator. If you just use preseason win percent, so <laughs> win loss record from preseason, including games against, you know, non NBA teams, you'd end up with an R squared value of 0.073, which is real bad. But if you use both preseason win percent and the past season's win percent in just a logistic regression, you get an R squared value of 0.452. And you approve the root mean square error, which is essentially a way of saying how far off on average you are uh, incorporating you know, outliers better than just average error. You're able to reduce your error by a bit over 14-ish percent from just using the previous season's win percentage. So we did this for a wide variety of statistics. Essentially, the things that translate best from the prior year plus preseason to the upcoming year are things that are more stylistically informative. So something like three-point attempt rate, free throw rate. These are the kind of statistics where uh, a major change in preseason can indicate that, you know, a new coach has come in or the, a team is changing its offensive philosophy in a way that doesn't matter if the shot's going in or not. It's a stylistic change that's much more likely to continue on in the upcoming season than something like three point percent, which has a point zero one two R squared from preseason to the regular season, which means it's virtually telling you nothing about what's going to happen in the uh, regular season based off preseason results. So I shouldn't panic about Malcolm Brogdon's uh, poor shooting in two preseason games so far? No, I don't think <laughs> you should. I think what you should celebrate is the fact he's taking shots because that's what going to carry over. 14 assists, assists, .194 R squared. I think uh, still, like you said, though, stylistically is the way to look. Like you brought up free throw attempt rate. That one's at uh, 0.287. And the second highest R-squared of every stat we look at is uh, actually fouls drawn, which makes sense because mm -hmm. if you have players who's good at drawing fouls, that's not going to just change from preseason to regular season. Uh, R-squared over 0.3 at 0.306. So that's uh, pretty interesting. Tim, you are, you're here and no one knows you're here. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know. I was just thinking about that. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm mostly just watching this. <laughs> um, Do you have anything you want to add here? Yeah, I think a lot of what Jacob was saying makes sense. The types of stats that carry over are more predictive are the same ones that I think we may have spoken about before as being as, as stabilizing more quickly once the season does start. Mm -hmm. um, shot profiles, drawing foul rates, things like that tend to like what what we know twenty games into the season can tell us a lot more about how the next 60 ga 62 games are going to go for those areas 
as opposed to things like three point percentage. Like we just said, we know almost nothing from the preseason data carrying over in the same way that you can start off shooting hot or cold and things like that will fluctuate over time. So that's, I think that's interesting to me as a, as an X's and O's guy, I see how that fits in as well. And a new coach bringing in a new offense can generate different types of shots. I still think there's some, I don't know, difference in there for how many of the shots are open or contested or things like that. But at a very high level, the numbers make sense. I do think that there's more to be gleaned from preseason watching the film. Oh, I, yeah. wouldn't, like, I, don't, I don't care about the box scores. I'm looking at the, the style. I'm looking at maybe a little bit of the usage. And even though there's, there's a lot of garbage time in these games, it's interesting to see, all right, well, in, in the beginning of the game, if I can look at the end of the first quarter, what did the possession breakdown look like? Something like that. And then watching the film itself and seeing what skills have players added to their skill set. Is somebody making reads better? Is a player being used differently? Uh, we still have really tiny samples, but I am interested for a couple guys looking and seeing, hey, did is, is Pascal Siakam being used like the tall creator, like we mentioned last week, instead of a glue guy? Is, is Aaron Gordon being used that way? So maybe a couple more games into preseason, we might have a little bit better information, but when, when guys have 10 offensive possessions a game, it's, it's tough to get much from the math there. Yeah, I entirely agree with your sentiment that preseason is a time when watching and seeing the way players are going about something or seeing the improvement from last year is incredibly crucial to being able to predict it happening going forward. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you could see someone get to the rim and let's say they, they miss all of their shots at the rim for some reason in preseason, but if they're clearly getting there in a physically better way and they're more easily able to shake their guy and they just happen to miss some shots at the rim, you know, the numbers would say they had a terrible preseason, but you know, you can clearly see the improvement and that's ultimately the process is ultimately what matters in the situation, not the results. Yep, it's a, I think it's a process versus results discussion. That should be the case in almost everything. We need to talk about that more at some point. Go on, Tony. <laughs> talk I about like it now. For so many basketball things, I think people are too results-oriented. Yeah. Like, I just see Sabonis is lighter this preseason. DeMontis Sabonis is, like, lighter and just bouncing off of dudes and, like, creating so many good shots. But, like, like you just said, like, he shot basically what he shot last year a little worse, actually. But he clearly was playing better. You know, you have to observe and see how, I think, and that is part of that stylistic being more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, and this might just be anecdotal, but also seeing how the rookies look is interesting yep. and seeing, all right, well, Zion shot like, what, like 70% in the ACC on twos somehow in college. Is is that going to translate over at all? Nuts. A good score? Does he not have this good? Like, Little things like that are interesting, seeing different guys from smaller schools pop or maybe not pop. Um, so that's – it's fun. It's a little bit value-add. For the teams, obviously, it, it gives them a good sense of who can play and who can't play nearly as well. Um, and then I, I think my one last point with the scheme and the X's and O's is some teams will focus on skill development, more rudimentary stuff, or maybe defense at this point in the year and they just won't have their offense installed at all. 
So if, if I'm watching film, like I watched the, some of the Pelicans game earlier today and they weren't really running much, I'm not going to be worried about that. Um, for the Lakers, though, I watched their first preseason game. Schematically, they look, they look so much better than in the past. And they may just be ahead of other teams, but what they have run looked good. So I'm optimistic about that continuing. But if they were to just not run a whole lot, that doesn't mean that they're not going to put the sets in. So if it's there, good. If it's not there, it's it's certainly not time to be sounding any alarms. And this is, this is what I mean by preseason both does and does not mean anything. There, there are perfectly good things to glean from it and things you should be looking out for. Um, how the way players are playing have changed, how the way offenses are set up have changed, defenses are set up have changed. But if you don't see something, it doesn't mean it's not there. As Tim said, it could just be not a priority for the team. It, there, there are many reasons why something might not be there. Um, and, I mean, even if a team doesn't still an offense and it looks terrible, it's just preseason. It could end up being totally fine if shots start falling their way, you know? Like, uh, there, there's – it's not like a death sentence if someone's not – if a team's not playing well in, in preseason. Maybe they're just not executing the offense yet. Why is Tim laughing at Yeah, so I'm, I'm shaking my head and we're both smiling because, <laughs> yeah, if you're going to look at, like, the points per possession for the plays, like, I, I don't care about that. That doesn't matter. We, we talked about – if a player's getting to the, the rim 10 times and missing all the shots, still a good process. Same thing with a set play. If, if you have high efficiency from a points per possession standpoint, but you're getting terrible shots, that's very different from getting great shots and missing a ton. Like mm-hmm. you have to evaluate the process. For sure. The there Rockets shot what, like one of 27 in a playoff game two years ago. Some of those were actually bad shots. Right, but like they were play- that's not like bad offense in general. That's just like well, it happens and you miss shots sometimes. Yeah, and it's preseason, guys. Are you know trying what's even a, less. you know what's a yeah. not indicative result? What? Uh, currently, the third best basketball player in preseason games is uh, Corey Webster from the New Zealand Breakers. Oh, from preseason player impact. Plus excuse minus. me, excuse me. Uh, third most impactful player, not third best. I don't want to yeah. construe information here. Yeah, uh, Jacob has also been kind enough to run the PIPM numbers for the preseason. And I love seeing a, a New Zealand breaker at number three, one of the three guys of, with a PIPM above one. I'm sure it's hard to get far from zero with only one or two games. But I, heck, look, at, look at Corey Webster go. Yeah, I personally love we just spent 15 minutes talking about not reading too much into the results of preseason. I know, I'm trying, Immediately I'm trying pivot to into <laughs> player impact in preseason. Let me, look, let at, me. Uh, look at it, man. Uh, where where is Monte Yunus in PIPM? Because he so far for the Shanghai Billy what are the Billy Billy Sharks? Did I is that the right name? Which team? The Shanghai Billy Billy Sharks. Uh, is, is, is the middle know. word of those two words correct? All right. Well, he has thirty six and a half possessions per game so far through two games, which is incredible. Eight. That's like That's a lot. double what like the tenth highest usage player has per game. Um, so I'm I'm curious as to if that high usage is translating to any impact. It's not. It no, is, he has the not. second worst impact, but his team also. No, it is not. The <laughs> the Sharks also have the six his lowest players. Is, yeah, their team might is be both. a little collinearity <laughs> going on from having played what like two games and getting killed in both. 
Okay. Or James Donnelly. Former NBA player James, James Donnelly. Donnelly. Shout out to James rap. Donnelly. He also has the third highest possessions per game so far. Well, that sounds like the CBA. <laughs> Who did I see that you tweeted earlier? Who was it? Andrew Nicholson. He played just now against the Wizards in a revenge game. How about that? Yeah. He's a How do you look? Yeah, PFPM for the preseason. Very interesting and very not indicative of anything at all. One of the most um, useless things I've ever created. <laughs> it's funny because I, I, the Pacers are almost in like an opposite order of where I would have had them. Like Brogdon and Sabonis, I thought were both really good, and they both have horrible PIPM. So I need to watch better. Apparently, I'm not very good. Do, do we dare put this in the data and tools package, or do we? Absolutely have a- not. I might put this in there along with like a historical database after the preseason. So people see it means very little. Mm. Um, But that's only really if I like, that's really only if I want to like waste 30 minutes of time generating a meaningless (laughs) database. So since we are acknowledging these are meaningless, albeit very fun to look at, we have to go back to our process versus results thing. And I think we should Mm -hmm. just talk about some players that have popped to us visually seen in the preseason so our eyeballs because that's fun and processes can be seen when watching players and there have been some uh fun performances including this isn't a guy i want to highlight but it's the thing i want you hate we had to talk about right ben simmons hit a three swished it money does it count though What's no no do we have we a, to hit in the regular season yeah i feel like this still it was great looked, like like it just looked really good it, it did money. look good as someone who very publicly, as someone who very publicly mocked his summer workout shooting video, <laughs> if he ends up shooting like that shot in the game, you know, I might have to scrub that tweet from my timeline. <laughs> he actually played pretty well in general, but seeing him with a three. Oh yeah, success. he's played great this year. I dra- I'm in a fantasy league and drafted him because I expect him to actually have a really good year. There you go. Uh, has anyone else popped? Has anyone uh, not Mimi popped for you this this preseason, Jacob? I've I've really only box score watched. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I've been okay. at work. Yeah, you know, West Coast problems. Well, box score watch, highlight watch, watching real games. I think any of those will lead you to Zion being a guy that uh, is popping. And I think we all expected this, but just actually seeing it is a different level of of feeling. Like, just wrapped up with the Bulls. Uh, they won by two. He had 29 points on 12 of 13 shooting. Wow. <laughs> Minus 18, though. <laughs> the, very important, the very important stat of single game plus minus tells us that he did not play well today. Preseason single game plus minus is the <laughs> ultimate measure of a player. <laughs> yeah, he, he is just unstoppable. <laughs> Please like don't combo, tweet that, Tim. His combo of size and weight is just unstoppable. It's insane. Yeah, some of his highlights and speed are crazy. It's crazy. like he John Collins just doesn't play in the NBA anymore. Like yeah, Collins didn't even defend that that bad. He kind of stumbled around the screen, but he was still kind of yeah, in the way. He was close-ish to being. He had a he had a one eighty dunk from the baseline against the Bulls today. I caught that right before we started recording. It was insane. He is a monster. Um, Tim, do you have anybody? Uh, so the only games I've watched have been through synergy film, <laughs> just like going to the game thing and just quickly flipping through possessions to try not to watch any of the not important stuff. Um, I watched 
the Lakers first preseason game. And I was pleasantly surprised at how not awful Rajon Rondo looked offensively. Hey. He looked pretty bad defensively, but offensively, he seemed to like play ball and run the offensive sets correctly and make the right decisions. Can I tell you a secret that's probably unpopular on this podcast? Go for it. I am still a Rondo fan. Why? I think he can have a role. I think he's in the perfect situation. Well, and we've talked, I think I've talked before about his perfect situation being like chaos, no scheme. He's the only playmaker, like go create something. But in a good scheme where he can still be the playmaker, I don't hate it. I understand why it he's works. bad, but I just like, like if you're a defender and you have to like constantly be looking at your guy and looking at the ball and look, look just any second he can fire off some crazy good. I don't know. I just I think yeah. And, and the Lakers just have no playmaking. They, yeah. LeBron, Anthony Davis, uh, Rondo, and then Kyle Kuzma versus his <laughs> position. I think has like a B playmaking grade. Everybody else versus their own position has like a C minus or worse. That's uninspiring. Lots of, lots of D's and F's among the guards and wings. So they're gonna. The scheme's got to be good to create some open looks, and they they need guys like Rondo to, even if his defense is bad, they they probably need him. As much as I hate to say that. That's a really <laughs> sad statement for a team that's considered like a legitimate <laughs> finals contender. Actually, I mean, that probably just goes to show how good LeBron and AD are. If you need any better evidence, it's Tim right now admitting how important Rondo is to this team. I, I will say it, it hit me that among all the different duos on different teams, LeBron and AD is probably one of the only ones that like they can actually be in the same action at the same time and make something of it compared to, like, I don't know, like, Clay and Steph or uh, Paul George and Kawhi or, I don't know. Yeah, it's not like as Draymond and Steph can do stuff. Like, it's more taking turns or, like, you can just switch whatever they're doing. I, like, just those two guys, like, just let them play street ball and the two guys together can just do a whole lot. And they have plenty of shooting around them. So, I think they'll, I don't know. I, I have a plan. I a lot of questions, but I, think I have it, a plan to guard the Lakers this year. What's that? I'm going to have, I'm going to sign a very tall. No, I'm going to sign a very large person, and uh, they're going to give Danny Green a hug, the whole possession, and the other four guys are going to guard the two man action that you have just described. And you're going to make Rajon Rondo and Alex Caruso and Casey <laughs> take open yes. shot. That is my plan. Danny Green's going to uh, get fouled a lot from the Yeah, it's worth it. Well, the Pacers just need to trade for Boban, and you're all set. (laughs) Also hit a three, Boban. Boban Literally, everybody except for someone today hit a. Some center today hit a three. Stephen Adams? No, no, it was it was. You hit one yesterday, I think. Oh, literally today. Today, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only seen some of Pell's Bulls today. I have no idea who else it would be. All I, know, I only know because John Hollinger uh, tweeted it out. Oh. Damian Jones. Wow. Zero career three-point attempts in three NBA seasons, but clean swish on a catch-and-shoot three. It's crazy. Pre-season, and then baby. you have Drummond, like, backpedaling after he comes oh, on the was... side of the backboard. Ooh, I drafted him in fantasy basketball, too. So He's a good fantasy player. He pulls in the stats. Yeah, but I modified the scoring so it, like – actually reflects real basketball value oh okay. so, uh, so yeah so you want you don't want to join the the league i'm running we'll talk about it <laughs> uh speaking of the pistons, to be people on the pistons 
or people amongst the Pistons uh, conglomerate have said that Christian Wood looked very good. And uh, he dunked he, on someone, and I don't even remember who. They're not the PIPM numbers back it up, but not that that really matters in a two, one game sample. But we're talking uh, preseason PIPM numbers. Yeah, Christian Wood apparently looking good. Um, maybe maybe we'll end up playing good enough that they'll cut Joe Johnson, which would be sad. But uh, Joe Johnson is not good. So well, yeah, <laughs> that adds up. That's Joe Johnson like was so out. We don't need to get into this. This is a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to derail us. Yeah. I'll, I don't know. Can, no, just don't, hey, let's. Just don't do I want to play a game. Okay. Not a real game. What, uh, what, what offensive role is Zion Williamson going to be this year? Uh, oh, you. There's a name for it. You mean uh, uh, those using oh, our yeah. offensive role categorization? Oh, yeah. <laughs> those. <laughs> there you go. What do you? You should lead us off, Tim, because you know you, well, I you've thought about to, this. One. I'm, I'm staring at his recently updated synergy profile. Oh, I have a guess. Seems cheating. Go for it. <laughs> Primary creator. Really? He's not going to do enough pick and roll for that. Why not? You think he's going to have over 35% of his possessions as the pick-and-roll ball handler? All right, Tony has locked in his answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, half his dunks are off of pick-and-rolls. No, that's Yeah, easy. but he's the roll man. zero pick-and-roll possessions all of preseason. Why does that not count? He's the roll oh, man. That should maybe, count. Maybe, they, maybe it was during transition. He's 100% going to be, like, a roll-and-cut big or something. Oh, not going to spot God. up a ton. Going to be the roll man a ton. Not going to post up a ton. He's either going to be a rolling cup big or a glue guy, I think. Yeah. Those are the only ones that make any semblance of sense. He's going to be – Blah, blah, blah is what I hear. Yeah, I, hey, we're not the one who thinks he's going to run a very high number of pick and rolls as yeah, the ball Derek handler. Favors is Tony, he's, said, Tony, he's had 38 possessions so far. None of them have been pick and rolls. That is poor – I watched him do it. Some of them are right. I know what you're thinking time, of. It's like one time Synergy said the Pacers were in 72 pick and rolls in one game against the Cavs. Well, I don't want to hear about true. those numbers. <laughs> I don't want to hear about these numbers, Tim. <laughs> All right. If if it's of any interest, his top play types so far have been uh, transition, obviously, and yeah, then spotting yes. up, cutting. Wow. And wait, among those cuts, spotting up. Okay, five dump offs and one real cut. Um. Okay. Five off-screen possessions. What? I think what's happening is a lot of this is off-screen stuff going downhill towards the rim, be it in transition or yeah. Like I think they've they've run a couple. They've run like staggered screens Mm -hmm. where he's a screener, and then they they have one screener screen for him. Exactly. Yeah, that's how they've been creating space for him is just off motion around a screen. And I guess I can see Tony how you would potentially consider that like a ball handler in the pick and roll. Woo! Yes, have the ball first. Yes, you yeah. have the ball. He's got one He's hand. Be off. the first guy on the rolls list to have an asterisk next to his roll. That's it. As we in, decided like, this. We, we decided, decided he was placed in the wrong role, so we modified we screw, it. We, this does not. Zion is a freak, and the system does not work for him. We have decided on our own. <laughs> we could do it for LeBron too, although his is actually right. So it's yeah, his is right. Ooh, <laughs> you know what we should do? I think it it would. I'll do it because it'll take a ton of time, but. We can okay. do almost like a polling thing on Twitter. Like, what will Zion's permanent shooting grade be? Like this tweet if you think it's this. Like, I have a guess. 
we can put all of it yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. And then we can guess. plug in what his uh, best role from a skill set standpoint would be, and then also what his overall offensive and defensive grades would be. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. I know as a fan of basketball, baseball, football, hockey, soccer, I watch it all. And trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and the NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up and it's free. So go to sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try free at sports.axios.com. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave hasn't really changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you for gimmicky add-on features, and instead just focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide, and low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price, just two bucks per blade. Harry's is super convenient with blade refills being delivered directly to your door on your own schedule, with or without a subscription. And there's no risk for you to trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Okay, I have a parting quiz for the podcast. Go for okay. it. Who hits more threes this year, Zion or Ben Simmons? Zion Williamson. Really? 100%. That was quick. Ben Simmons is not going to take – I'm still I'm, I'm still waiting for the day he actually takes a meaningful NBA three. Like, did you guys – I'm sure you guys saw the video. He's got – okay. Did you I've see how hard – shooting no. threes in practice all the time. Did you see how hard Joel Embiid had to argue with him to convince him to shoot At the end of the clock, too. At the end of the clock in a yeah. meaningless preseason game against a non-NBA team. He That's was rough. about to drive to the rim and dunk it. But Zion is an unwilling bad shooter. He's at least going to take he's, a three. So far, there's two games. Game. He had zero. Didn't he had zero attempts through two games? I know it's two Definitely games. Definitely horribly airballed a three in his first game. I saw. Like you just said, R squared, uh, very high for these three-point attempts, of which he has a Zion very low number. Two on jumpers. Yes, yeah. he has two threes. Okay. I, I think Zion will make – Zion will make like – five to ten three-pointers, and Ben Simmons will maybe make two. No, Zion's going to hit more than ten threes. 
I think he's going to – okay. I think he's going to take, like, one – at most one a game. Okay, if he shoots 83s, you think he's going to shoot 12.5%? All right, all right. Yes. So, given your your numbers, Jacob, what do you think is higher? Ben Simmons' three-pointers made squared or Zion's? Squared? I'm I'm still going with Zion threes. Wow. So as soon as Simmons hits that fourth three, you're just screwed. I'm screwed. <laughs> I'm really glad we're not putting any money on this at all. All right. Zion's going to hit between, I'll say between 12 and 15 threes. And how many will Simmons, Ben Simmons hit? Simmons will hit like a half court heat in the second to the last game of the year for his fourth. He'll, he'll hit like four. I don't know. Four? So we're thinking <laughs> like 12 to four? One dollar. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I anticipate this being closer than you. I don't know why. What are you saying that Zion will hit fewer threes, or Ben Simmons will like hit more? I think. Uh, I think it's gonna be closer, like ten to ten. Mm. I just don't see Ben Simmons taking that many. Zion's like, like willing to take a lot. Like even if he's a really bad three point shooter, if you're giving him enough space, then he like is like reluctantly taking the three season. Well, no one gives Simmons any space though. So. Zion <laughs> swished a three in that Pelicans intra-squad scrimmage. He did, that's, that's all I'm true. saying. It looks great. He at least takes plays, them. Hang on. Quick, let's do some quick math. If Zion plays 75 games. Okay. You got to be quick he because we're running out of time. Yeah, you he got two and a half minutes. Let's do this. Three per game. How many? 0.8 per game. And he 0. hits 20% of them. He's going to hit 12 threes. That's math. All right. That's, that's math right And there. if Ben Simmons – Take zero threes. That was the most spiteful way I've ever heard his name said in my life. <laughs> ben Simmons. All right. <laughs> Ideally, Ben Simmons did not take any threes, but I, uh, I have confidence in my man. It's good. It's good to believe in things, even if not <laughs> anybody else them. got a. Uh, you guys got anything else today? Go to Sixer games and ask the hard hitting question. <laughs> ben <I'm>, Simmons. <laughs> going on fraudulent ben simmons tell us they're not my words (laughs) i got nothing else today guys uh i am going to be at the clippers nuggets preseason game on october 10th which is the day you're probably listening to this podcast so if for some reason you also will be at the clippers nuggets preseason game please let me know on twitter i won't be going to that that's all i got that's that's it i won't be going to any wizard I'll be at uh, Pacers Bulls on Friday. If you're in Indy for some reason. Naturally. If you accidentally end up in Indy, I will be there. <laughs> hit, hit us up. Indy, right, well, don't, player don't, DC. Yes, Indy and DC. Two great places and LA. Uh, don't forget about Axios and their lovely sports content they've been pumping out with a great newsletter. Uh, that's all we got for today's show. We will see you guys next week.